TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 418, and I'm Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Yusun, and I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. All right, thanks guys for showing up. Let's start up with the news. We have that Cobra Kai on YouTube TV has been renewed for season three. There are only a couple episodes in the season two. Or unless they do that thing where they release them all at once. I don't remember. Uh, on My Block on Netflix has been renewed for season three. Uh, Black Monday has been renewed for season two at Showtime. Twilight Zone has been renewed for season two on CBS All Access. Santa Clarita Diet has been canceled after season three on Netflix. This goes with the whole theory that Netflix lets you get three seasons and then they cancel you because then they have to pay extra to the producers and stuff. Because so, Santa Clarita Diet was doing well, as far as I know. Yes, yes. and I, I think I heard some sort of uproar on the Twitterverse about it. This is the second se- series that they've canceled recently, right after season three. They're really oh. starting to piss off their viewers. They yep. really are. And what, they're doing it that... to save money. Huh? What was the other one? Oh, I was like, um, well, they oh, did One Day at a Time. Yeah, it was One Day at a Time. I was like, is it Full House? It was one of those shows, either Full House or One Day at a Time, that had really high ratings, but once they got to season three, they canceled it. Wow. Um, Roswell and the 100 have been renewed at the CW. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Which one are you woohooing? <laughs> Both. That- woohoo, woohoo! Okay. Uh, Warrior on Cinemax has been renewed for season two already. And Better Call Saul will end at season six. So that means mm-hmm. next season is the last. Because, I mean, it makes sense because where they left off last season with Saul, he was pretty much Saul. So mm-hmm. having one more season to just kind of cap that all off makes sense to yeah. me. Yeah, tie up all the, the loose, loose ends. Yes. Quick question. If yeah. I never saw Breaking Bad, can I not watch uh, Better Off Saul? No, you, you can watch it. You just, all the Easter There's a eggs, lot of stuff you won't get. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Of, there's a whole lot of Easter eggs that will go over yeah. your head, but the story yeah. you can follow. Right. Nah, I'll wait. <laughs> I would recommend watching Breaking Bad first. That, yeah. That, I think you'll get more out of it if you do that. Mm-hmm. And there's sure. and that's time well spent, by yes, the way. It's not like you're oh my wasting God. your time. Yes. I don't think I would be. I mean, from everything and everybody I've heard, but it's just, I, and I just, I need to be in the right headspace. I don't care what any of you say, but I imagine that it's dark. So it is. It not is. At first, at first, it's not that dark. It gets darker. No, it later. isn't, and it's boring because I tried to watch the first few episodes and I thought I'm out. But then I was told that it got so good, and yes. so then I thought, you know, but then it also got so dark. Well, so I was yes. like, so. <laughs> You got to wait for the chicken man to show up. The chicken man is when you know the show has gotten good. Like, that's like, that's like, oh, it's the chicken man. All right. Post. Got it. All right. uh, Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. And we're going to talk, we are two episodes in that we haven't talked about. So we're three episodes in. So we have uh, Night of the Seven Kingdoms and The Long Night. Uh, We haven't talked about either one. Let's start off with Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Which was basically a play. It was like all the characters go to their separate sets and then we talk for an hour. And on the surface, that sounds boring. But in in actuality, it was amazing. I love that episode a lot because it got us insight into the characters. They talked about, like, they just, everything they talked about was like, remember back in season whatever when we did that thing? And you're like, oh yeah. And to see how everybody's changed and developed and become different people and just sitting around talking about like by, by like a fire was just fantastic. It was really a good episode. And I will be the first to admit that when Brienne got knighted, I was crying. I yeah. Really I did. Yeah. I was yeah. in tears. Uh, I might've 
clapped if um, I had the energy, but I didn't. I I thought it was actually kind of a little not. I don't know. It wasn't saccharine because they, they pulled that scene off beautifully. But I did laugh at like the slow clap, you know, that it was like straight out of every movie we've ever seen. Uh, but I, I just love that it was Tyrion. And I mean, it worked. I'm not complaining, but I did. I did actually crack a smile because I was like, OK, that's hilarious. Um, but I just I want to jump in only to kind of reinforce what you said. And then, I, you know, I don't know if you want to go back to some other stuff. But I actually I think that's a great, um, great comparison or description of it being a play i mean not that a play can't take place in one room um but uh you know it was super dialogue heavy uh you know and it was my favorite episode of the season so far and certainly more than the i i think slightly overhyped um battle but um uh or maybe perhaps more than slightly overhyped but uh and also one of my favorite seasons of of uh, episodes of, of for a long time and um i think one of the great beauties of that episode is that it it was perfectly placed before uh winterfell i'm sorry before the battle so that it really it did a bunch of things so i i really like the utilitarianism of, of it. it 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 served so many purposes it it you know it was nice to review kind of bring you all, kind of sort of not back up to speed in terms of like all the plot stuff but just to let you kind of revisit how you kind of got there i think it also did a great job of really creating uh taking the time to like remind us of why we care about these characters and why we're so invested and to invest us even more right. so that the battle the imminent battle would be even more stressful for us and more potent and more um poignant you know so and then it did even something something else which is i mean we all know that this is the the um season ender i mean series the season series is ending so like it was just it like and you know we knew the battle was going to be so hectic and all sorts of things we we anticipated some deaths and then you know and then the 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 after the battle it was just kind of you know be sort of a wrap-up so i like that they took the time early in the season episode two to kind of you know, review and solidify and kind of reminds me why I really liked these characters and why I'm invested in and very, very, even more than would be natural. I mean, normal, normally I, that, you know, I care about how it's going to, you know, turn out because, you know, I really care about them. So anyway, yeah, well, I think, well, I think that go. this was sort of very, th th this was very much night of the endless fan service because every character, every yes, character yes. has to have their moment that I think fans have been waiting for, for a really long time. Like, you know, they, they finally got to sit down and have these conversations and these encounters, like, you know, what would happen if Jamie were to confront Bran? And we got yes. to see that. What happens if, you know, the Hound and Arya get back, back together again and we get to see that and and we have these moments you know these little quiet moments where instead of you know fighting all the time and having to deal with plot we are just sitting down and dealing with the characters and that was wonderful it was it really like was. you know I, I mean all of these things these these little little jewel moments you know together were were, were perfect because the like you know we we as the audience have gotten to know these characters so well over the course of all these years that these are things that so far have only happened in fan fiction and now we're getting to see them actually played out canonically in the show and i think that that was tremendously satisfying and particularly as it took place on the eve of uh, a battle that is that is existentially threatening um where you know i mean i think everyone was <laughs> just counting, oh my God, who's going to die in the next one? And, you know, it turned out to be not nearly as many as we thought. But, I mean, there was that genuine fear that we were going to lose most of the people that we were looking at. And so to have that last encounter with them where they finally get to, to say the kind of things that we were hoping that they'd say was so important and so beautifully carried out. So I, I love that. It's 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 really one of my favorite episodes. Okay. Well, yeah, let's, let's uh, move, I, I, I agree. Uh, I, 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 yes, I want to move on to the next episode because we can't stay on Game of Thrones for the whole podcast. Uh, so the next episode was uh, Long Night. Why not? <laughs> uh, the Long Night was the big battle, and there's a lot of controversy about whether you could see it or not. It was so dark. Oh, my God. They didn't kill as many people as we thought they were going to kill. Oh, my God. And I can't believe... And all the fanboys were like, how could a little girl do what she did? Boo, it should have been the dude. So there, there's been a lot of <laughs> stuff like that that's happened 
around the interwebs, and I don't care. Wait, are they talking about Arya? Or yeah. Are they talking about the giant killer? No, they're talking about Arya. They were Which very, one? Arya. They Arya. were very upset oh, that Jon Snow... I know this. They no, were upset that Jon no. Snow didn't have his hero moment. Um, so Yeah, and those are the same people who complain about... He got to yell very oh. bravely at a dragon, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was a little limp during the entire episode. I'm not going to not say that he wasn't, you know what I mean? And I think he made some poor choices, as did Daenerys. But the fact is the whole season, I mean, the whole series set us up with Arya. So it's not out of left field. Oh, it's no. not, not not believable. I mean, the, the you know, D&D said that they made the decision that she was going to be the one to kill him all the way back in season three. Mm-hmm. So they knew what they were doing. So, oh, I mean, yeah. that's so ridiculous bs because even if you're not happy with it and you don't get to get your john hero rocks off like at least it was legitimate you know what i mean it's one fine you have your preferences and you wanted john to be the hero but it you know you can't blast a show for doing a great job of giving you a believable and you know uh you know and prepared you know kind of uh, hero. I mean, they 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 planned it, and we yeah. and they left us, you know, hints, and and it was a hundred percent believable, uh, except for the yelling. I I already said this to you, Libya, and I the am a hundred percent on board with oh, her being about Arya yelling yeah, before the, she well, tries to stab him. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes because I'm a hundred percent. You know, believable, supportive, happy that she was the one, yada, 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 yada. But I really, it tested me. It really annoyed me and almost ruined the moment that they had her yelling as she was diving for him, uh, you know, and about to plunge in the knife. And I thought there is literally no way that she would give away her, even for a nanosecond. The whole thing about her, her character and her, the the faceless men is that they're nameless and faceless. And, and, the, and the two seconds before that, she moved through that crowd as only wind. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, and then she's going to like, that it was a very loud wind, ultimately, though. So. I mean, what? I really thought, oh, you blew it. I, I, I was well, like, that I is just... so... Go ahead. I, I just wanted to talk about two other <laughs> moments. Are um, obviously Lady Mormont's moment, which I was I was like, oh my god, she's going to be awesome. And then she gets crushed. And I was like, oh my god, she's going to be dead. And then when he raises her to his mouth, I was like, oh my god, she's going to be eaten. And I closed my eyes and I actually missed the moment where she stabbed him because I couldn't look. Oh, I, I no. thought I really legitimately thought he was going to eat her and I didn't want to watch that. And so I didn't even look oh, at my mom. Seriously? Was, yeah, I totally that, did. That I'm had occurred wimp. to me too, but I I'm kept watching. Yeah. No, because again, I thought she's not going to go out being eaten. And, I mean, I literally, absolutely was like, she's going to knife him in the eye. She's going to knife him in the eye. Didn't and, think I mean, that at all. Because that's who she is. Yeah, she did. I thought it so strongly. I can't even tell you because that's who she is. That's you know what I mean. She deserves I, a hero's death. I, did, and I just thought she was going to die horribly. No. So it would. I was so very tough. pleased with the way she I went out because too. I I was, I was certain too. that she was going to die, and yes. the way they 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 had her go out was absolutely yeah. magnificent. Not only yeah. does she go out by by killing one of you know a white or something or a bunch of whites, she she takes out the biggest one of yes. the entire yep. bunch, <laughs> exactly. and that was magnificent. <laughs> that was a great moment. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So, um, yeah. and I, what was the other one? The other moment wanted? was the other Mormont who died bravely at the side of his queen. And so I had a, I almost got into a fight with somebody yesterday because he said that Jorah Mormont wasn't important and it didn't matter that he died. And I almost punched him in the face like, <laughs> as well. You should <laughs> like Jorah Mormont matters. And I said, the reason that he matters is that he is the voice of reason for Daenerys. Without him, there's no one who can control her. Certainly before Tyrion. But yeah, he was Well, pivotal. Tyrion can't control her at all. Every time no, I Tyrion... didn't control her, but I meant that he, he was her advisor. Yeah, but I mean, Tyrion, as her advisor, she rarely listened to. And, when, and she's listened to Jorah from the beginning. He was the guy... That she always listened to. Well, and... until she didn't, because remember, yes. she also sent him away. Yes, I, I know. Think, I think ultimately, I you know, I kind of resent the idea of Daenerys needing to be controlled. I think that 
Daenerys makes decisions that you, you're not going to agree with and that seem terrible in the context of a modern world. But remember, she doesn't live in this modern world. She's, yeah. uh, you know, she's a, she's a ruler who's trying to get back a throne in a very feudal society. And so I think that, that the rules that she is applying and that apply to her are different. I, I don't see saying. her as out of control. I, I just see her as being part of that she world. She is on the verge of it. I think she could be. And I think without uh, Jorah, it, it could easily happen. I'm not saying she's... Conto- I, because I think what she did to that to the Tar- Tarly family was not cool. Like, right. I know what you're saying. She she had... They were surrendered. They were on... They, they, they were beaten. She did yeah, not, but, but they didn't bend the knee. Story. I understand that her whole bend the knee thing. She just said, I'm going to break the wheel. I'm not going to do the same thing. Everybody's always done before yet. She is. She's absolutely doing the same thing. Talking about everybody has to bend the knee to her. And she could have easily not killed the whole family. That was not necessary. So I, yeah, I think she was out of control in that moment. My personal. Well, I th- remember that she also cautioned the son not to stand with his father, and he wouldn't. So, I mean, she was she gave him a chance. She was put in that position, you know. Her father, the father would created, bend the knee, well, and the son. Well, that's a, that's a whole other argument. Yeah, I disagree, but that's a whole other. Yeah, that's a different. But, yeah, I think so, that I think that these things will play into the finale. These kinds of decisions will play into the finale, but I don't think that it's going to mean that no, she's not that she's out of control in some way. Yeah, I think that those two things can kind of exist together. What both of you? I'm going to be the bridge. I'm the middleman. <laughs> I don't think they're mutually exclusive because I do believe that. Um, you could look at Daenerys as being what, uh, you know, borderline out of control for sure. But the but Allison's point being that, you know, it, it, her decisions were absolutely defined by her time. And um, you, you know, anyway, I, like you said, I don't want to waste any more time on it. But I, I think that you, you can kind of look at it in both ways. Um, but I want to get back to actually Jorah because um, I do believe he was very important and I did like their relationship quite a bit and the unrequited aspect of it and even the conflict of her sending him away. It was all very interesting. It was an incredible, it was not incredible, it was an interesting journey and even watching him get back to her was very satisfying. And yep. um, so I loved all of that. But And then I know they wanted to give him a noble death, um, but I, I have to say, I felt like it just lasted so long. I was like... It, I, you know, I, for, he got stabbed a lot. Thought, he got stabbed a lot. That's what I'm saying. At some point, I thought, oh, again, maybe he's going to survive because he certainly should have been dead like seven <laughs> stabs ago. You know what I mean? So it kind of took a little bit of the it took a little bit of the air out of the the whole grand gesture uh, nobleness. Not for me because for me, the first few times he got stabbed, I was like, oh, that's his leg. Okay, that's his back. Okay, he's going to be okay. Yeah, it's going to be okay. And then. And then he got, he jumped and he dived in front of her and took one right in the chest. And I was like, oh, it yeah. lasted too long. And I was like, no, nah, it's know. not going to be okay. No, I, 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 but I, 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 I disagree because they, they had, she cries over him very beautifully. And I love the moment. I thought it, I thought that's it was perfect. Fine. I, I like the beginning and the end. The middle lasted too long for me. And, and that's a perfect segue for me to say, which I think I cannot, I do not believe you guys will argue with me. The, um, everybody, surviving so much of the onslaught so long by so many and and like literally cornered i was like this is ridiculous i was like (laughs) tarly crying on his back still alive i mean you know it made sense that he was rescued by you know half a dozen people that absolutely is who got killed on his behalf by the way yeah and got killed on his behalf that makes sense a hundred percent but at the end the montage of where they literally showed everybody still alive but super surrounded by people i thought oh no now you've lost me you know what i mean and so um that to me i just feel like that everyone's deaths and everyone's survivals was too long i don't you know i I'm, you, I'm hard pressed to complain about a, an, a long Game of Thrones episode. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to complain about it, but I thought individual scenes lasted too long or individual experience. I was just like, no, these people need to just, <coughs> you know, be you save have saved themselves or they need to be dead. Um, and but but 
uh, the last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to final note is I laughed so hard. I don't know, like a week ago or something. Someone had said something on Twitter or something. And I and I really was like, this was a thought that I had in my head towards the end of the episode, which because I've already explained that I liked two much better than three. And I did think that the battle and or the episode, besides being hard to see, um, was a bit of an, you know, a bit of a overstuffed kind of um overrated um someone said and so eloquently um uh and but succinctly that they were like we have literally waited the entire series the entire series for winter to come you know and this all-powerful being with an ice dragon and it was literally over in an episode like the battle was over you know and i had fully prepared for the battle to last at least two or three episodes so i i did actually think that it was kind of funny well, I, was, I, didn't oh my God. It, I didn't think it was gonna mainly because the season was so short but i also have to we have to move on we've been on game of thrones for 22 minutes yeah so we need to we need to move on uh so i'm not going to disagree with you on the overstuffness i didn't enjoy it as much as i thought i was going to but as yep. much as people are complaining about plot armor, which a lot of the cast had on, um, yep. I am not going to complain that Brianna and Jamie are still alive. Thank you very much. Sure. Uh, sure. But let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Killing Eve. And this was episode three. Is that right? Three or four? Ugh, I don't remember. <laughs> um, but the big thing uh, about Killing Eve that's going on right now is what I find hilarious is both of their bosses are trying to keep them apart. Which I just think is just insanity and hilarious at the same time. Uh, so we have Eve's boss who's intercepting her mail to make sure she doesn't get mail from Villanelle. And then we have Villanelle's boss who's making sure she doesn't go see Eve. And it's insanity. Like, I, I know that they're both obsessed and it affects both of their works, but... I feel like there's got to be a middle ground also because me as a viewer, I want to see them get together. So seeing all this interference is kind of annoying. Um, what did you think, Allison? Um, well, I, I so far am, am enjoying where it's going. I like seeing the opening episode, the, the opening of the episode where we get to see that um, Eve's boss has a boss. That she has to answer. Oh, right, to. the one with all the the, the chips. So yes, weird. and I actually when I when they had Zoe Wanamaker's name in the credits, I went, I bet she's the boss, and of course she did turn out to be. Um, she's she's just the perfect casting for her. Uh, but I I love the fact that you know we we just see this this person, the only person who can put fear in in the heart of Eve's boss um and, and it and it's just perfect but uh i really enjoyed seeing seeing that and um i did like the fact that we've got the two of them trying to get together for their own different reasons and their boss is you know holding them back and pulling them back the scene where where villanelle realizes that that's not eve getting out of the car to investigate the murder uh, right. is pretty fantastic. Just this, this look of hurt and rage. And, you know, she's really the spurned lover kind of reaction. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. And um, I, of course, you know, they're uh, trying to keep them apart. It's not going to work. They're going to end up colliding anyhow. And I'm just kind of waiting for that to happen. Yes, yes, yes. Yay. Please happen soon. That's all I'm saying. Yes. All right. Uh, any other thing before we move on? That's it? Okay. Next up, we're going to talk about The Red Line, which is a show that just premiered on CBS. And they aired the first two episodes. And I know you guys haven't seen it yet because I accidentally found it. And I can't even tell you how that happened. I was hanging with my mom and we watched it and we both loved it. And the premise... It takes place in Chicago, and it starts off with this black doctor goes to uh, goes to a convenience store to pick something up, whatever, and he gets he's trying to give first aid to uh, someone who's been hurt in the robbery, and the cops come see a black guy and they shoot him in the back while he's giving first aid to someone. So, because they were like, well, I thought he was the robber. And I was like, seriously? 
And so then the main story is the family. And the thing that, that they did here that was a little different is the black doctor is is gay. He has a white husband. And then they have a mixed daughter. And um, she's in high school, I think. And it's really like... What's interesting to me about the story is they're 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 trying to find out if he's going to get federally convicted, whatever. But the the real crux to the story is that the girl who's a high school girl doesn't know how to relate. She she has all this grief that she wants to deal with about what happened to her dad, but she can't. She doesn't feel like she can talk to her white father about it because she doesn't think he can understand. And so she's been pushing him to find out who her biological mother is. Because she's like, she's got all this stuff that she wants to talk about and and deal with. And she's like, I need someone who understands me right now. And he, of course, is like, well, you're my daughter and I'm not doing blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's it's the conflict there and all they're going through. And then we're following the story of this other family. Uh, the husband actually drives the red line, which is part of the storyline. Um and she's like running for government, she's running for district, whatever. And you find out she's the bio mom. And she finds out that the guy got killed and she wants to reach out to the daughter, but her husband convinces her not to because it'll mess up her political chances. And it's just like watching those two storylines kind of interweave with each other. And the acting, Noah Wiley plays the dad the the white dad who is just struggling like and part of the thing why they're not connecting is he's trying to protect his daughter and pretend that he's okay when he's totally not okay and so she thinks that he just doesn't care and it's really emotional it's that it's done the writing is done really well and i felt a lot for everybody very quickly in the couple of episodes that have aired and by the time it finished, the second episode finished, I was like, oh, I need the next one. So they did. I think they did a great job with this show. And for some reason, um, it's not getting a lot of advertisement. And it's not, uh, they're double airing the episodes. It's like they're trying to just get them out of the way. Which I find disappointing because it's really good. So that's my thought. Uh, so please give it a shot. It's on CBS on Sundays. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about American Gods. Uh, and apparently the episode I just watched was the finale and I didn't realize it. <laughs> it's like, it's over. Surprise. I, I mean, I've been one. How? I mean, I was, you know why? I guess this makes sense because they actually do the reveal, which I was like, come on guys, let's just reveal. He's, he's a uh, Wednesday son. Let's move on. Cause it's very obvious at this point. And they do do the reveal. And I was like, oh, I can't wait for next week to see how he reacts. And no, apparently that's not next week. So, and he gets captured, right? Like, at the end, he gets taken off. They take him somewhere. What happens to him? I'm blanking. Um, what happens to uh, Shadow? He he figures out that Wednesday's his father. And then I feel like he gets taken off into the sky. Something happens to him that I'm totally blanking on. Because Wednesday is hanging, because there's this whole, there's this whole thing where the cops are coming to arrest him. There's an all points bulletin out for him. The FBI show up at the house, and it looks like they're all going to get arrested. But then he uses his power for the first time, and like wipes out that reality version. Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember what happened to him after that. He just up and left. I know he got on a bus, and then they didn't know his identity when the police right. checked. Okay, that's all that happened. Okay, right. Cool. That's well. That's and that was what Wednesday did for him. Is that he he gave him um, a ID. false identity? Yeah, yeah. But, but that's that's the last that we see. And I don't know he why. Gets back on the bus. Right. I don't know and why. What happens with with um, the last thing? I think with the very last thing that we see is that. Um, uh, the dead wife goes wandering off with Matt, the body of Mad Sweeney over her shoulder, presumably to back to New Orleans to revive him. Oh, right. I would assume. 
so now he, he won't won't be her dead wife. It'll be he'll be dead as well. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think she likes him more than she's admitting because her and Shadow are kind of over. They're done. Yeah. No, I she they definitely there's a thing going on definitely between uh, Mad Sweeney and her. Um, absolutely. So that, I mean that's why she goes off to to get him revived. I think at the end. Um, the, 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 they've been, they've been moving more and more in that direction. And certainly the, the New Orleans episode they had before where they inadvertently kind of sort of end up making love. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that, that kind of, that kind of went there. Um, but also in the episode, they brought back technical boy in another form, which I was not. Happy about, I wasn't happy about it either. But or I guess happy he, about. No, I don't particularly care for his character, honestly. No. The only time I, I ever really liked him a, even a little bit was when they did the flashback episode. And you can see that he got his start with the telephone. Um, right. As like telephone guy. But uh, and, and he was OK in that episode. But generally speaking, that character kind of just leaves me cold. Yeah, I would agree. Um, overall, uh, I mean, I could have guessed in season one that Shadow Moon was Wednesday's son. Mm -hmm. Um, but then this season they really just were like, no, really, this is, uh, where we're going. So I'm glad that they did it, but I wanted them to do it face to face. You know, I wanted that moment. So I'm kind of annoyed that they didn't give us that. Um... That's all I have to say about that. But I think overall it was a good season. Mm. Uh, well, that was a that was like a uh, not I, really. I did not like this season as much as I liked season one. I thought, you know, you you said you wanted a confrontation, and I think that kind of that that sort of sums up this this entire season for me, where y- you you wanted or expected things to happen, and then they'd get all the way up to that moment, and then they'd veer in, in another direction and avoid it. And, and it's, it's, so it's, I feel like, you know, we get, we get all of this with no payoff and that's happened all throughout this season where you think something's going to happen and then it doesn't pay off. Hmm. And, um, so this, this season has just been kind of a disappointment to me between that and, and having to rewrite things, um, which they had to, but you know, it's because they, they missed, they lost two of the actors that should have been in the season, uh, it just kind of made this not as coherent as I thought last year was. Okay. Well, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about The Flash, who apparently everyone is now hate-watching. Um, <laughs> this episode irritated me until the very end when you find out that Nora was actually not the bad guy. Uh, and she's back on the team. Just the stupid guy. Just the stupid mm-hmm. guy. Along with her father, who was also stupid in this episode. As well, it runs in the family. Yes. Yeah, apparently. Um, I don't know what that was all about. I feel like we could have skipped this episode uh, because the fact that people had to yell at Barry and tell him how selfish and emotional and everything that he was being and 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 the fight he had with uh, oh, good Iris, I just I was not on his side at all, and I should be. He's the star of the show. I should be on his side. But I was not through the entire He has episode. not been the star of the show for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. It's really been the episode, it's really been the Nora hour. I mean you know, but I agree with you. We should have been on his side. Yeah, but he didn't make any good points. So Nope. No, uh, but his was an emotional one anyway, and that was Iris's point. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then he like, tried to turn it around on her and make it seem like it was her. Listen, but that but that's what people do when they're being emotionally irrational and they're being, you know, they're lashing out and stuff. So Yeah, but how many I, times can you take Barry being emotionally irrational? It's like every single episode. Well, that's my point. That that I, I that's why we're hate watching it now. I don't disagree <laughs> with you. Well, there's a lot more reasons for me, but that's one, definitely. Yeah, no, no, me too. Listen, I again I, I think we're all gonna be in agreement. That's not the reason why I hate the show so much, but that is absolutely an aspect of it. Um, there's so many reasons and you know the top three are Nora Nora and Nora like Aww. I cannot 
deal with her. I don't know how you can be like, oh, well, we sometimes mentioned- I like her and sometimes I don't. It depends. No, I can't even. And I tried so hard and I really thought she was going to be, I think I would have been able to deal with her a little bit better if, if the season hadn't really just become all, all about her. Um, you know, the cicada almost kind of became an afterthought, a well, side cicada thought. cicada wasn't a good story or a good villain. So. I don't care. I would rather watch that than this whole Nora thing. Because I I, I'm telling you, we talked about this months ago about how it's unbelievable that she's acting this way and she's supposed to be in her 20s. And for me, this episode drove it home when we saw her as a quote unquote, and I use huge air quotes, um, as a professional you know what I mean? In her job at the CSI and her just even her acting. And I'm not actually maybe she was directed this way. I'm not even actually saying that her actual acting was horrible. But the fact that she was still acting like a petulant teen and the fact that we now saw her in, in flashbacks in her actual adult environment and her adult relationships, quote unquote, um, it was it was almost unbearable. I just well, thought I, th- I think that's a, a factor of how the character is written and how how it's, that she's directed. I mean, I, I remember part of the reason that I don't hate her utterly is that uh. she's got some goodwill going from her performance in Black Sails. She's amazing and she in Black Sails. Phenomenal. Yeah. Oh my God. She was amazing yeah. in Black Sails. She doesn't get that. And, and so there's there's a lot of goodwill that's transferred over from that. But yeah, her character in this is terrible. And the the problem is she's not the only one who acts like like an infant. All the characters behave yes. as if they're stuck in in their their teens. You yes. know, they they don't act like rational adults. They act like petulant children. And actually, let me tell you, my my, the, I thought the best scene, and it and and it's interesting because of what you just said, was when maybe it was last week's episode. I don't know. I'm getting confused because I binged like three or four, which is probably why the hate is so intense. Because I actually had to put up with the <laughs> hours. I thought maybe if it was just a forty minute in and out, I would have been fine. But I mean, I was like three or four episodes of just nothing but them. Um, but if it was last week and it carried over to this week, it's still my, the point remains the same. Um, when Iris and Barry got into it and they were like yelling at each other and super fighting, A, it was cathartic for me because I was just as angry, you know, but probably a little bit about something different, but not really. I was angry about the, about how Barry was acting and, you know, and I thought Iris, you know, had better points and da, da, da. But my point is it seemed authentic. It seemed realistic. You know, um, they were saying stuff to each other that I was saying the whole time and, um, and the acting was solid. So for me, I just, I, I kind of had to cringe that like the best scene for me in three or four episodes was them like screaming at each other. I was like, that's not why I watched The Flash. You know what I mean? I don't watch it for its family drama and stuff. Um, but at least I was like, ugh, at least this is grounded in something, you know? So I, you know, I, I'm, I can just finish by saying I almost don't even care what's happening now. I don't, and like you said, the cicada thing isn't even that great. The ice thing on the cake oh that was really bad (laughs) was killer frosts um and whatever her actual alter ego is um i i'm sorry but um i really feel like she she needs to be like way more upset about her dad dying in her arms you know what i mean like (laughs) she had lost him for all this time and then she you know and you know she thought he was dead and now he's alive and now he's dead again and then they gave some like you know lip service to it like you know i think that's because she's not a good actress well, no, but all of it, like the show wasn't written well because then they give it like a, you know, a lip service of like, um, you know, oh, are you sure you don't need more time because your long lost dad died in your arms? I mean, she's like, nah, I'm good. I was like, okay. <laughs> Besides, he was a terrible character anyway. Yes, I mean, he was a joke. He was a caricature. But still, I just was like, ugh, this show. I was like, I'm, you know, but I'm watching it See, like. It's also a perfect example of how this show just just does terrible things to to actors who really are talented. Because I yeah. remember him from Homicide: Life on the Street, and he was fantastic. And he right. was just a- appallingly bad. In, yes. In this. Yes. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, all right, so next up, we're I take it we're giving the thumbs down. Uh, I'm gonna guess. yes, but we're holding for dear life just for the like the very last episode, so then we can jump off the ship. Yeah. Okay, I think our thumbs are subterranean on this one. Yeah, wow. exactly. Okay. All right, next up, we're gonna talk about Roswell, the season finale, not series finale, because it got renewed. Woohoo! Woohoo! I have to say. When I got to the end of the episode, I just started laughing because almost the exact same thing had happened at the end of uh, 
Legacies, which is uh, she killed off the main character on both shows. And I was like, did she do that on purpose? Uh, way to go, Julie. That's interesting. Um, so, well, yeah. reset every season. So, I mean, they did that on originals. They killed well, the big bad. Was, no, not, she didn't kill the big bad. She killed the main character. So, on Legacies, Hope is dead. And on Roswell, the main dude, Max, is dead. So, I'm just... Oh, right. I thought you were talking about them killing off the big bad. No, you know, no. The... I'm saying she's killing... She kills off the main characters on both shows in the finale. Right, I was right. just like, yeah, yeah. huh. I don't... I was like, is that a theme? What's she doing? But it just made me laugh. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought this was a good wrap-up. Um, I like that they're reset they did kind of you know they found the big bad they fought the big bad but there's also on roswell i like that there's this big thing hanging over them like apparently the the, the three of them are maybe royalty i'm not entirely yeah, well, sure that's from the original show though i mean you know that right did you watch the original no oh so you, oh you're you're like new watching this well like, i watched i watched the first half of first season of the original and then got bored and turned it off okay. so i do like that i i'm watching this like i have a general knowledge of right of the show right uh but not a lot and that for therefore i'm not like skewed one way or the other so i'm, sure. I'm enjoying how they're doing the story well, I'm not skewed one way or the other because my memory is so horrible that I can't remember the series, even though I was a big fan. So I remember some like major things, but almost nothing else. Um, I actually mailed in Tabasco with the rest of the crazies. You know, I don't know if you guys remember that. I do but remember that, yes. So I was a huge fan, um, and I'm very much a not participator. So, but I watched the show with a friend of mine, and we just on a whim we thought, oh, let's buy Tabasco and mail it like crazy people. Um, so, uh, but n- knowing that their royalty is absolutely, you know, from the first series and 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 matters and stuff. So, you know, but other than that, I and they've definitely diverged from it. So, um, but I I was. I was a little slow. The show was a little slow on the uptake for me, but I think I jumped in with both feet before you did and a bunch of other people. Um, and I absolutely shipped the two of them for sure. The lead. I'm down with that. I really am. I, 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 I never liked Max. What, you know, I never liked him on um, the originals. I mean, really disliked him. I, I, I really thought he's not sexy. He can't act. He's like a wet blanket. And, you know, um, I was not excited to hear that he was the lead in this, and I take it all back. I think he's a sexy little sheriff dude, and um, I think that they have really good chemistry. I like the way that, that you know, I've, it's a little bit, actually, I will say this, though. I was a little let down because, not that I didn't want them to get together, but, like, now that they are together, I'm kind of a little bit less interested in them. Um, you know, I kind of was like, okay, well, that's done. Um, so we'll see. I'm really interested to see how they that all plays out in second season two. Um, I imagine he'll be back. So um, I don't think he'll be dead for real. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this. I call it the little show that could because um, I follow them on Instagram. Uh, it, or sh- her, actually. I'm sorry. I follow the lead actress. Um, she is doing a lot of promotion. So it, I, I may unfollow her because I'm just like, I do not need to see one more photo spread of a magazine, you know, photo shoot. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's a little show that could, it's, you know, it doesn't get big numbers at all. I was surprised that it, it got renewed, but, um, I like it. I think it started a little slow, but it picked up and, and it's got a, a lot of different relationships going. The one character is bisexual. Uh, you know, there's the, the, the gay soldier aspect and there's conspiracy, the larger conspiracy, there's the alien mystery. It, it has a lot of little irons in the fire. Um, so I'm, I'm happy the, with the way they ended because, Julie does tend to give you um, uh, conclusions. You know, she just kind of likes to wrap some stuff up. Um, And then obviously, you know, she left a cliffhanger big one for the next season. But I'm looking forward to the next season. It's not like the best show on TV, but it was was a fun watch for me. I think it it got stronger towards the end. You're right. Slow. The beginning was super slow to Mm -hmm. the point where I was like, the only reason I kept watching because I had to go to work. (laughs) And people were like, are you still watching? And I'm like, "Uh, sure. Um, but 
by the end, I'd say the last four or five episodes, I was definitely in. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Gotham. And this was the series finale of Gotham. And I will say I only watched the series finale. I haven't, well, not only. I watched probably the first six or seven episodes of the season. And then I got annoyed and I stopped watching. And then I watched the finale. And and they did a big time jump, so it was fine. I feel like I didn't miss anything. Um, Allison, did I miss anything? Well, the 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 episode prior to the finale, they did all the lead up to that. They basically tied up all the ends from the whole uh, this year's storyline of you know Gotham being under isolated from and, yeah. From, yeah and under siege and all of that. I didn't like and, any of that storyline, so I'm fine with that, with missing out on that. Well, because that's it's basically right out of the comic books. It's they did they that that's a, that is a, a storyline that actually they lifted and the only thing they did was set it further back in time when in, in the comic books, it actually happens while Batman yeah. is yeah. Batman. Yeah. Um, but they did all the setup as to, to uh, how the various characters end up where they're going to be and all of that. And then, you know, um, then they set it, uh, ten, I believe it's 10, ten years, in, yeah, ten ten years, years in the future. Later. And the only thing that really bothered me with this episode, because they only did it with one actor, was that they had um, they had uh, Selena, Selena Kyle, Kyle being played, played by, by a completely different actress, um, and instead of like trying to age her up, give her makeup or something to make her look older, uh, or you know well, something. They, well, we yeah. never saw Bruce. We we saw we saw his face or part of his face apparently. That I am un, I, I am told that they cgi'd his head onto somebody else's body um but because uh, he clearly doesn't have that physique however they didn't bother to do anything with selena and i don't think it would have been that hard i mean she's not that young anymore i think the actress is about 17 or something to make her look a little bit older to make wouldn't her look have 27 i don't hard. think that would have worked i i think, I, did, I, I think they did the right thing because... it just seemed weird because she was the only one they did that well, with she was the only All one the that was like characters. a child well, they sort of did it with Bruce. They did it with the two people who were on the cusp of becoming adults. Both of them were about 17 or 18 years old. And you're going to jump 10 years. You're going to look very different. And so I think they did the right thing with that. Because I, 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 there was no way I would have believed that the actor that's been playing Bruce this long was 28. I wouldn't have believed it. No, it, it, the only thing that that bothered me really was that because it just it took me out of it every time I they went to a different actress. However, the rest of it I enjoyed. I mean, it it set up how things are going to be from here on out in Gotham. It put the characters in place. Um, I thought that the Joker was a little more extreme looking than oh he yeah should have been. He looked like a weird two faced version of he the did. Joker. He did. I mean, I know, I know they they've been going their own way with this, but uh, you know, the whole having him with his hair falling out, unless they were going to replace it with a wig, uh, it just looked strange. You know, we know what the Joker's supposed to look like, and there's a lot of wiggle room in there, but I thought that this went just a little beyond the bounds of of what I really wanted to see from the character. Right. Um, I thought it was performed well. Uh, and and kudos to the actor who keeps finding new ways to play essentially the same character uh, in different guises. So um, I I liked seeing that. And uh, overall, I thought that they ended on a high note. They they ended. I mean, you know, if you didn't like the show, this this was not going to convince you that it was any better. But if you did, and I did, I think that they ended with integrity. I think they ended. Uh, in a way that was consistent with, with how they've approached the series as a whole. Right. So I liked it. All right. Uh, next up, I agree with you on that. Uh, yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about iZombie. And when I say we, I mean you guys, because I was out last season. So what did you guys think of uh, iZombie's premiere? Allison, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, well, um, I they're they've basically picked up exactly where they left off, which is 
the uh, Seattle is still under siege. It's an isolated city, and things are getting even worse than they were before because of their isolation. They're running out of food. They're running out of people. Um, resources are scarce, and the population is starting to turn against each other. And they're the the fear of the zombie populace is becoming more widespread, and there's more crime and and all of that. And uh, at the same time, there there's also new scientists who are trying to work on the problem of a zombie cure. And uh, the um, you know this I I think that they're still doing a good job of balancing the the humor of the episode with the occasional little serious beats and the actors are playing it really strongly and i i appreciate also that now that uh so many other characters have gone zombie um like robbie for instance we get to see him play other versions of himself other other types of characters whenever he eats a different brain and it gives them a nice stretch and I, I totally I like forgot that he turned into a zombie. So when I first watched the episode, I was like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> I thought he, I, I really was like, is he in a mood? What's happening? I, and, um, and then I just context clues and just, you know, obviously figured it out. But they didn't have a scene in the thing where he was like eating brains. Or at least I didn't, I don't think well, they yeah, did. Well, yeah, they did. They, he, first of all, he, you know, he, he had turned himself into a zombie by experimenting on himself with the, with the cure, thinking it would take. And it, it sat. Sadly, did not. Um, But in this episode, he literally took the food that Liz was was preparing for herself for lunch. And and he he consumed it instead. And, of course, it had brains in it. I missed that. I mean, totally missed that. Yeah, because she talks about how it's... She's... There's this the brains of this really crazy psycho that she's going to be. I forgot what the name of the character was, but it was some thug like name. And, uh, uh, and she was going to have to endure like another week of having to, to be this guy. And yeah, I remember that scene. and then Ravi yeah. stole the food. Oh, I must've really, I must've looked away or left the room or something because I remember that her standing in the doorway and saying that, but, um, but yeah, no, I don't remember that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it was. I remember all of. I remember when that happened, but I just must have missed that, which is why I didn't understand his character because I didn't uh, wasn't reminded of him eating the brain. Well, I didn't see. On, him. Guys, guys, move along. Move along. Anyway, I, I have. I'm fond of the show. I'm invested. Um, I'm kind of glad. I think it needs to end. You know, this is the last season. They're wrapping it up. Um, so it definitely. Ha- I'm not hate watching it. I'm not like you know just oh god I gotta hang on to the end. Um, I still think they're doing a great job. I really like the twist that they are bringing in terminally ill um, people, patients, um, so that by turning them into zombies, they give them, you know, a chance or everlasting life or or whatever, you know? So I like that twist. Um, It was definitely introduced an episode or, I mean, a season or two ago, but I wasn't sure if they were going to kind of, what was going to happen with that. Um, And now that she has taken over becoming the renegade, um, you know, I just I like the show enough and I've invested in the characters enough and I, I am really interested to see how they wrap it up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about what we do in the shadows. And when I say we, I mean, not me, because I still don't think the show is funny. You guys talk. You have two minutes. Go. I had high hopes for the show. Um, and I'm not saying it's not it's terrible. Um, but it just, I, I was hoping it would kind of continue to either ramp up or kind of stay the same. But for me, it's like the show is absolutely an acquired taste and it is a taste that I love. So, um, I, I love the movie and I did love the you know first two episodes and I thought, oh, they're going to be able to pull this off. Um, but I just feel like the jokes are a little bit too far and few between like, um, each episode has like a concept that they kind of deal are dealing with. And in this last episode, it was like the elder, the old, old, old vampire, um, and how he's kind of, you know, they introduce him a little bit to formal, you know, modern day world and life. And so that juxtaposition was kind of funny. It's always, it's the conceit of the show that it's funny how vampires, you know, that aren't like the originals, you know what I mean? That are, you know, super antiquated and not really well uh, socialized. Uh, fit into our society and then obviously it's a documentary style um so this amps it up because the it's they're using an elder um so i thought this one was actually kind of funny but and i'm going to continue watching the show but i have to say i i don't love it as much as i had hoped um but you know i'm giving it a chance i mean i still love the energy of the show and uh, but i'm all i was already a fan before the show started 
Allison? Um, yeah, well, I I enjoy the show, um, and and I think it's as as Houston said, I think it's still funny. Um, but I think you know one of my one of my issues when it got started is okay. Well, this was hilarious as a two hour movie. Yeah. Is it going to be able to hold up as a series? And I think the initial episodes were really funny, and it's still continuing the same thing. But I think after a while. The concept just sorts it, it sort of wears out its welcome. Yes. Um, so that it's like, yes, I understand the concept and yes, I know that, you know, X things are funny, but I've laughed at that before and it's the same joke all over again. Yes. So I, I don't I, I don't expect that this is gonna go past a season. Yeah. Um, and how how good it stays throughout that season, I couldn't tell because even though I, I really, really liked it to start um, I can see where it's just getting kind of tired at this point because it is yep. so much a concept show, yep. and yep. and there's only so much you can, there's only so far you can go with that. So even though I thought that this episode did have a, a lot of really nice bits in it, and it was a great highlight show, especially for for Doug Jones who played the 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 ancient Baron. Um, yes. I mean, I don't. I most of the time he's kind of relegated to being in a lot of latex and and standing around and looking stern and i think this and and probably discovery is the most he's had to do in years so uh and you know, of course he, he got to be a lot funnier at this than he has he has ever been in discovery but uh that was nice and i like the character and all of that and the little bits that they had but yeah i i do worry about how long this is going to be able to last yes i agree oh. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, The Blacklist. And this was a post... Well, this was the big reveal, I guess, where we find out who the imposter Red is really. And... I have to say, I was a little disappointed because they introduced this character in this episode. They're like, oh, by the way... Your mom had like this best friend and he hung out with her a lot and now he's the one that's impersonating Red. And I'm like, mm, that seems weird. Over convenient? Yeah, and it just seems like, well, who's this guy? Like, and why does, and you're supposed to make me believe that all this affection that Red has shown Liz all these years is because he and her mom were besties? Like, that doesn't, there's something about it that doesn't ring true for me. Well, I think the the you know I, it, they even emphasize at the end this is not so much what happened as this is the story that Brian Dennehy's character is telling because he wants and, to see his granddaughter exactly and so and also you know he wants to to let Raymond Reddington know that you know he's he's playing along and he's he's helped him as he said put this behind him now the audience can can think okay that means the secret or it could mean just the threat of being found out okay. and i kind i think it's the latter um well because but, it's and, a, the red's reaction to where he was like okay tell me what you told her and he's kind of mad about it. Like it seems like he's angry in a way that's weird. If he if if didn't he have been telling the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the thing is, he wouldn't need to know every little word he said if every little word he said were things he already knew were true. Oh, that's a very Instead, good point. Instead, he's like checking the the story so he doesn't say something that conflicts with it. Oh, that's a very good point. So that's how I read that scene. Um. So I think, you know, and in the, the episode that follows that, even even Liz is starting to kind of question, like there's little cracks forming in in her belief in the story, and she's papering over them deliberately, and she says she is. And uh, I, I think, but I think that ultimately, I mean, we may have to wait literally until the very last episode of the series before the real truth comes out. But I think I think this is ultimately going to be revealed as being just another tale. Okay, because I was like, who is this guy? And now we're supposed to believe this guy is Reddington? Yeah, I didn't like that. All right, yeah, I'm not sure that this guy even existed or whether he's just made up entirely by oh. Denny. That's the thing. There's there's 
I'm sure that there are like elements of truth to this story, but it's the question of how much is is actually true and how much was made up. Okay, I like your I like your theory. All right, next up we're going to talk about Warrior, which is a new show on Cinemax, and what I like about it or what got me interested in watching it is that it's based on the writings of Bruce Lee. He tried to get this series made back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, and no studio would pick it up because it's the star is Asian, most of the cast are Asians, and it's about Asian society and politics and the fact that... And takes that... place in a very unflattering period of time. Exactly. And so I love that it got picked up and they're now actually doing it. I think that's fantastic. And so my mom was watching it with me and she said it reminded her of Hell on Wheels. But what I like about Hell on Wheels is from the point of view of Cullen Bohannon as he watched all the oppressed people be oppressed. But what I like about this is it's the point of view of the Chinese, like their version of what it was like to be oppressed. I mean, we still have a main character who's a cop, who's Irish, he's an Irish cop, and his job is to patrol um, Chinatown in San Francisco during the, it's right after the Civil War. Um, And so we get his point of view as well, but he's not the primary point of view. And so I really appreciate that. You know, that that form of storytelling. So I've watched the pilot. So far, there have been five episodes that have aired. And yeah, I'm totally going to catch up. I'm in. You should check it out. All right. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about Doom Patrol. And we haven't talked about this in a while. Mainly because the show kind of floundered for a little bit. Like, it was kind of spinning its wheels. And it's kind of back on track, but it's only got, what, one more episode? I think the finale's next week. Um, I think so, yeah. And it's kind of on track now, I guess, where the characters have gotten into a place where they've mostly healed. It's like wrapped up. This episode wraps up kind of each character's story. We get that uh, robot guy. Oh, I forgot his name. Vic is the is cyborg. Who's a robot? Cliff. Cliff, thank you. He gets got resolution with his daughter, and um, he you know he he basically let her go. And then we had Larry got resolution with his storyline with his old boyfriend. So it's like everybody's personal stories kind of got wrapped up. And then Cyborg kills his dad. <laughs> Ultimate origin story. As, uh, what is that guy's name? Mr. Mister Fantastic or whatever his name is called? Mr. Nobody? Mr. Nobody. Yeah, I knew it was, yeah. was Mr. Somebody. <laughs> um, he basically redid his programming. And I could tell that, that whatever was in his head wasn't true. And I don't know why he couldn't tell that, but whatever. So he kills his dad and then is like, oops, Sorry. And that's how the episode ends. But I do appreciate that uh, that they wrapped all that up. What do you think, Allison? Well, I don't know how he's going to get over the whole dad thing, because as it is, he still hasn't really coped with the fact that he accidentally killed his mother. Right. And now he's like kind of sort of deliberately killed his father. Right. So, um, I mean, I th- he just seems like someone who'd be in a, in a padded... Case. I, yeah. He really he'd be in a padded cell getting therapy for the rest of his life at this point. Um, so, I, you know, that, that seemed a little extreme for me. Uh, you know, I was hoping maybe he'd just beat up his dad. But no, no, they went the whole way with it. And as you said, it's like it seemed kind of obvious what was going on, but clearly not to him. Um, the, the episode was, was really gonzo. I like the fact that they did a fake out partway through so you think that his father actually you know double crossed them and then it turns out no that's just part of their plan um so i i did like that but there you know there was a thing at the very beginning of of the episode where they have the the three generals talking and the center one who seemed particularly out of it 
he mentioned something about he was eating a, he was eating a hamburger and he he mentioned something like out of like out of nowhere it seemed like a non sequitur you know they're all talking about what's going on and then they say and now you general and he goes well we have to protect the butts and I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> and then we find out why. Then we find out why. And I mean, you know, if this show has ever just gone off the deep end, this was the moment. Yeah. So that that was not really, you know, what I was expecting to to occur. But uh, it was kind of brilliant in its own weird and demented way. Yeah. Um, And certainly if you wanted to see a bad guy go out a certain way. That's that was kind bad. of the ultimate way. Yeah, yeah that, that was that was as bad as you can hope for. Um, so kudos to that. I I did appreciate that at least the storyline is moving again because that was bothering me for the longest yep. time. Was we were just caught in one long encounter session and and nothing was happening with the story and as of the last episode at least there's some movement in finding the chief again and taking care of the bad guys and and actually i have to say i was into the chief's love story with the chick on the mountain Oh, that was good. That uh, that I really appreciated. Yeah. I that, and that was also um, weird. It was weird, it was, but I was into it. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it explained a lot about about him and his motivation too. Right. Although I still want an explanation. How do you get from from that to you know, like essentially not aging for the next century? Yes. Because um, I that that well, really he, was. They explained uh, why he was searching so that he couldn't age, so he could protect her as long as he needed to. Yeah, but so. they didn't explain how he accomplished that. So I guess that's something for maybe season two. Uh, but yeah, I I really that those those were the kind of things that I really enjoyed seeing because they gave more context to the character, and I didn't feel like a, we were just you know rolling over the same. And thing. I also feel like it would explain why he would be willing to sacrifice the team for her. Like mm-hmm. you get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so let's wrap that one up. We're, I think we're saying thumbs up so far. The finale's next week. Let's hope it's good. Mm-hmm. All right, and if you guys have any questions or comments, on tvcampfire.gmail.com, follow us on Twitter, we're on Facebook, listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, we now listen on iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.